Welcome to the Sisters in Therapy podcast, previously known as On the Couch podcast. New listeners, old listeners, thank you for rocking with us. I'm Mercedes, a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm Takesha, a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I am Brittany, a licensed professional counselor. We all fall under the umbrella of licensed mental health professionals, here to share our unpopular opinions as well as our clinical expertise about all things life, ranging from mental health to trending topics on social media. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute with a mental health professional, but it is meant to serve as a platform where you can get dope content and be inspired to love on yourself. Now, let's get on the couch. On today's session of Sisters in Therapy, we're going to have a conversation about childhood bullying. Brittany, get us started. Yes. So the reason why I wanted to have this session or talk about this topic in particular is because... I'm finding a consistent trend of me processing or helping a client process childhood bullying and they are adults. Right. Um, okay. And so I was reading this article that gave general statistics about, you know, how many people may experience bullying. I'm not sure if that's relevant, but this article was written in 2018 okay. and it was stating that about 35% of people have experienced bullying and they, it said by adulthood, it is expected or assumed that people should just get over it. Or that they think people should just get over it. Um, and so I wanted to talk about this today because I was curious to know, you know, what you all's experience was in the therapy room talking about this with clients who are like 30, 40, 50 years old processing childhood bullying. Okay, so what, so, so there, there seems to be no universal definition of childhood bullying, but you guys have some examples of bullying. Mm-hmm. T, I think you have. Some of the examples are exclusion, um, physically bullying someone, lies or rumors, making threats, verbal abuse, and teasing. Okay. So, but so bullying, it says here, is a term often used to describe when a childhood bullying can be described as a term often, hold on, <laughs> childhood bullying. The term is often used to describe when a child repeatedly and deliberately says or does things that causes distress to another child. Mm-hmm. When a child attempts to force another child to do something against their will by using threats, violence, or intimidation. Mm-hmm. I personally think that childhood bullying doesn't also always have to come at the hand of another oh, child. No, no. no. and no. that's what I was going to say when no. you asked how it shows up in my therapy room. Because one of the main things that stands out to me is... A patient that I work with with some of the most bullying um, that they got was really from their parents. Mm -hmm. And then I had another kiddo talk to me about it from a teacher who called them stupid. Mm. That they told parents, they told the school, and nothing happened. Not so much as an apology. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, we kind of internalized, well, damn, am I stupid? Because I made a complaint about this Mm -hmm. and literally nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And so I think with that, that's how it again continues to show up in adulthood and it's not resolved because mm-hmm. there was literally nothing done about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's un- I, I will certainly agree with that because um, I've had quite a few clients who were bullied by their peers and then the bullying never stopped once they got home. Mm-hmm. So like you said, they begin mm-hmm. to internalize, well, am I stupid or... Am I unable to get a job? Things like that. And that was actually what one of the articles was, was saying that, you know, people who are bullied in childhood are the least likely to be employed fully or they have severe social anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. things like that. Because it's constant tormenting. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is considered, you know, one of the consequences 
of childhood bullying on adult health. Yes. What you just said. Um, cognitive functioning and quality of life are like slim to none. Yes. You know, they're 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 loners or people may grow people may consider them weird because they isolate and they don't talk to people. Because mm-hmm. normally it's the spaces they have penetrated have not been safe mm-hmm. for them and bullying sometimes don't stop even though it comes off as polite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are still bullying people and those people don't usually get the courage to speak up and be assertive and say, I don't like that. Right. And and even as a clinician, it, it actually, after experiencing it more consistently, I've even had to um, implement that question in my therapy room with asking clients like, you know, how was it with peers? Or mm-hmm. Did you find yourself not being included in certain activities or were you bullied? And nine times out of 10, a lot of it was yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and even how they talk about themselves is directly reflective of what they experienced in childhood. Mm-hmm. And I think what can be said about this is childhood really does provide the framework for how you essentially may be may become as an adulthood. Uh, that's that's mm-hmm. proven. Yeah. That's why a lot of times we have to unlearn a lot of things. A lot of things that happen in childhood shouldn't be the default for how we carry ourselves as adults right and what's crazy is you know people actually consider bullying like a rite of passage Mm. like it's something that has to happen it's a part of life and that may be true but not to the extent to where people are where children are wanting to be like isolated and they want to be alone and they having suicidal thoughts right um but then they say kids are just not tough no more right And, and that really irritates the hell out of me because it's just like everything else, whether we talk about grief or just not having the most positive emotions all the time. You just, again, the default, even from childhood, is get over it and move on. Yeah. And so that's what they learn early on. So, of course, like, I don't have the right to now speak as an adult because I don't get to have these emotions. I just need to kind of shut up and move on and mm-hmm. get over it. So we teach them that from childhood and wondering why they go into adulthood and shit ain't peaches of cream. Right. That's extremely traumatizing. And it makes Hell sense yeah. to why these people grow up and lead lower quality lives. Yeah. That's their foundation. That yeah. is their foundation. And they weren't, they haven't had any support from people that they thought would be their support. Um, anywhere from not making the best decisions or making decisions that have been reflective of you ain't shit. Right. You know? And it's really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a therapist, I really try to do my best to be compassionate because this is something that's obviously a reoccurring issue for them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be one extra person, Absolutely. you know, contributing to the way they see people. Um, but we gon- we definitely have to move away from the perception that bullying is just a part of growing up. No. That can't be the norm. No. I mean, I experienced bullying. It wasn't uh, the physical torment. But, you know, I definitely was teased for being the dark-skinned girl in class. Mm-hmm. Um, or me wanting to fit in so bad that way people could leave me alone. But it was never any physical torment at all. Not that that couldn't have been, you know, affected me a little bit later in my life. But but like you say, you, you learn to say, okay, these people have no more power over my life. Like, I really mm-hmm. would like to process this, move forward, and, and lead in a more healthier way. But I think what's always interesting is the the bullies mm-hmm. are usually the ones that so let me go back i was mostly teased by boys okay um it's not abnormal no and later i found out these boys had a crush on me 
Mm. Ain't that crazy? Yeah. And, and the sad part is, people are taught that if he treats you this way, that means he loves you. If he, he pushes you. the little girl in the sandbox, that's okay. He's just being a Which boy. Which is toxic as hell. And he just likes you. Where did that come from? I have no idea. Where did that come from? But I saw a post that said, please stop telling your little girls that. It's not new. I remember no, that being new. a thing from when I was a kid, but also even still now that people still tell they little boys like and they little girls that that's how little boys flirt mm. or they laugh when a little boy hits a little girl they think yeah. it's cute mm. that's a that is shit that's not funny as well that's mm. also like something we need to you know do a deep reflection like why do we why why do we think this is okay yeah i don't know when is that appropriate affection to let somebody know that you like them right i don't know where did that come from i have mm. no idea but it's been a long-standing thing but it's, then as parents we Again, just normalize it and minimize it. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about this bullying and even with what I know about bullying and working with my patients is it's happening in places that are supposed to be safe places. Mm, yes. Like school and like at home. So whether kids are picking on you at school, whether parents are picking on you at home, even if parents are trying to be supportive, you still kind of don't validate their experiences. Like you said, Mercedes, people can really just say, mm -hmm. oh, you know, we all kind of went through it. It'll be all right. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And just act like it's not significant. Therefore, I feel like it's not a safe place. Yeah. That's not what you're nurturing. Right. No, and some people go through their whole lives without a safe space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which has unfortunately increased the suicide rates in kids. The suicide rates and just them growing up and turning to drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. Or that, yeah. Which is prob possibly a good segue into how bullying has really shifted in regards to technology or social media. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I was reading bad. an article where, like, the bullying doesn't stop mm -hmm. once school is dismissed at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. there, there's a hashtag, it goes viral. And it's a continuous, a never-ending cycle of this victim of bullying seeing mm -hmm. people talk about them in a really, really bad way. I think we're going to, I think what needs to happen to make a shift in this world is, it's going to have to start with the media. The stuff we take in, it's going to have to start with the music, the movies, the TV shows. Yeah. I think it's what it's going to have to start with, because we see so much bullying on TV shows as well. Yeah. Mean Girls or John Tucker Must Die. You know, all this is based on bullying from girls to girls or even just any most tv shows show a little bit of bullying and it's normalized and it's like you laugh about it no serious consequences yeah um i think we need more tv shows that do the opposite yeah i would go even i'm sorry go I, I would go even further and say like parenting like really talking yes. with your That's kids about I'm like at. you yes. know what parenting too you can parenting come to and me. talking you have a conversation come, right you can come to me please let me know if there's anything but see the thing is Unfortunately, some kids do have that, but I it's the fear say, of being a snitch that's or why, being a punk. That's why it has to start with the movies oh and the music that you take in. People do. Some people do have that support from their parents, and they do have that parenting. But then they walk out the house and they're a whole other person. Yeah, it's gonna have to be normalized on a scale that's bigger than what's outside of the house. Yeah. If if music, if musicians and artists and people start normalizing like being kind to each other through movies and music, mm -hmm. I think people would take it seriously. Then they don't yeah. take nothing serious. That just some, if your mom talking. To you, they don't take that serious, unfortunately. Yeah, but I, I yeah, agree that true. parenting 
still should be a part of it. Absolutely. And if you are a parent and someone tells you that your child is bullying, you should definitely be receptive to listening and not going into defense mode right. and saying my child wouldn't do that. Right. right. Yeah, because what? <laughs> You want to say something? I think that's a big one. And just just in general, just what I'm seeing with kids now and with the social media, it's just unfortunately like the glorification of some of these negative aspects like bullying or mm -hmm. making fun of people because of, you know, their body size or what clothes mm -hmm. they wear. Their sneakers. Yeah. And it's glorified as... A cool thing mm -hmm. and so yes I definitely think the media can do better with what we kind of glorify what we're putting out there but I think also as parents I don't know again I'm not a parent so I don't know how intentional parents are with making sure that the goal is to be nice and be a good human being mm. I know I got that message from my mom but I feel like a lot of people didn't get that message but my mom was very super specific and clear with me like you do not be mean to people because of what clothes they have on. You do mm -hmm. not be mean to people just because they look mm -hmm. different than you. Like, it was really spelled out for me, so there was no guesswork. I that's, just knew. That's a good point. Yeah. And I don't. I would probably say that that's missing. Yeah. I, I, I think that's missing. I think that sometimes the parents are the bullies at home. Yeah. And that's why children go outside of their home to bully. Yeah. Um, but I do think conversations with your child about... Being a kind human being is very important. I don't think people are having those conversations. No, but but you know what? I, I Truthfully, sometimes they are. And what's popular is being mean. Exactly. Being kind is not. So they take advantage of that with certain kids. And it's, it's really unfortunate. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I do think the conversations do need to start at home. But I think, I think one of y'all made the point, like kids have, they have rights. Like, mm -hmm. I think even teachers have to have a huge responsibility in mm -hmm. holding the bully accountable. Like, yeah. holding themselves accountable. Yes. They don't do shit when they hear about the bullying sometimes. Why or sometimes though? they're a bully Why not? themselves. Why I was just reading. I was just reading. Accountable. Right, because they don't want to look like they're not the cool teacher. But I was just reading that a teacher insulted a child in front of the whole class and they was very humiliated. That is a form of bullying. No, yes. it is. And, and that that's happens not, often. People don't talk about that. Yeah. And again, I feel like they also do that probably to children that they feel like. Who are already getting bullied as well. Already being bullied and also you feel like their parents are not active participants and that's what in their lives. To. Parents have got to take it serious when their child tells them that they're getting bullied. I have to be an advocate for my child. I have to yes. go to the school. I can't mm -hmm. put it off. Right. But what does that say to you as a teacher, as an adult, that you get ju you are satisfied or get some type of pleasure from bullying somebody that much younger than you? What does that say about you as a person? person in general? I'm going to say that's just your character. Because for me, I don't care how you are. I'm even told my... Kids in sessions who try to, you know, jump quick with me and have an attitude. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa now. I don't talk to you that way. You're not about to talk to me that way. This right. is a relationship where we got mutual respect. If we don't have that, then we don't really need to be having this conversation. Right. I'm not going to disrespect you. You're not going to disrespect me. Right. Mm -hmm. But I feel like with parents or even with teachers, we feel like we just in this position of superiority and we can fucking do and say anything to kids. As if that's our right, right as adults. Or as if it has no psychological effect on them at all. I think people really don't. 
they don't know how connected all of this is. I think people they think, do know because they're psychologically fucked up. They just don't want to touch it. Mm-hmm. It's just a cycle that we just keep over and over again, over right. and over again. But Even, do they know it's wrong? Because if it's a cycle, they mean they keep doing it. They don't. Yeah, we know it's wrong and still do it. You think people don't know something is wrong and still do it? I don't it? know. I think people. I'm, I'm honestly always surprised no, at how things can wrong. continue and they just don't. Or it's completely comfortable. It can people. You can find comfort in poor human behavior yeah. and not do anything about it. There are plenty of people that turn the other. The Especially other way. if there are no consequences. The bystander yeah. effect is very, very, you know, popular in this world, and people will turn the other way like nothing happened. But they, you can see somebody doing wrong, and you still don't do anything about it. Yeah. As Ronald the King said in one of his speeches, like you can turn the other way all day long, but you really just kind of like being a coward like you want to speak up but you're just gonna it's easy for you to turn the other way yeah no some people just can't speak up yeah i think i think kids need to learn or parents should teach kids integrity um because i'm not usually i don't like seeing other people being bullied or talked to in a in a but unhealthy parents, way that that comes from us being a um adults who are actually healing and no integrity ourselves well yeah so many people are having just because i'm a parent don't mean i have integrity how right. can i teach it Right. No, I agree. And just because I'm a parent don't mean I'm a good person. No, it's I know. And what type of example are we setting when we sit up here and letting people bully us in front of our kids? Well, there, there's that. It's just a lot. Yeah. It always comes back to who you are at your core. Yeah. So, the responsibility oof. of bullying when it's falling outside of the household, it has to fall on the school to take it seriously, which mm-hmm. I have not seen. No. Ever. No. Ever. Bullying is not taken seriously. It's not school. a real consequence. It's abuse. So, therefore, it's turned into a joke and a meme. Yeah. Like every other thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if we look at the real, like, you know, ever childhood experiences, bullying, I don't even know if they even list bullying, but. I think so. Bullying, bullying definitely causes um, psychological Absolutely. effects later in life. And that's physical help, um, people drinking, people doing drugs. People not able to hold jobs or provide for themselves. And sometimes the victim of bullying ends up being the one getting in trouble. Yeah. Oftentimes. Or further victimized in different ways. Mm -hmm. Whether that be in personal relationships, whether that be at their job. Because, again, bullying is the kind of default. This must be my norm. Maybe this is what I deserve. Right. Like you said, Britt, it definitely impacts, like, Mm self-esteem. Those people have no... They don't kind of have no self-respect for themselves mm-hmm. to even speak up about it or even to say that they think it's wrong. Um, and you just kind of tolerate anything. Yeah. And even with, with social anxiety, with some of the clients that I've helped process like childhood bullying and how it's affected their adulthood, that social anxiety comes from the fear of, oh, I don't want to say anything stupid because they've been teased mm-hmm. about how the, how they talk or afraid to speak up when certain things come up. And it's, it's a really unfortunate situation because the automatic thought is always... I don't want to look stupid or or whatever the unhealthy or irrational thought that may come along with it. So what do you do when um, your adult clients show up in a therapy room suffering from, I guess, psychological effects of childhood bullying? I don't try to immediately jump to problem solving because we obviously have to process like where it came from. What we, what are we going to decide to do, whether it's going to be positive affirmations, speaking more mm-hmm. life into yourself, because it sometimes it could be a bit more complex and it. 
it takes a while because people have developed these unhealthy patterns for almost the majority of their life, you know? So it, mm -hmm. I always try to start with how are you talking to yourself? You know, like how is that going to serve the purpose of you wanting to put yourself down a little bit more or speaking to yourself that is more encouraging and more rational. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes, sometimes it's generally as, as simple as being able to complete a task. You know, some people don't have a, have confidence in being able to complete different tasks that they have to do during the week. So it really just depends on the person's personality and what they're presenting in the session. But I do try to collaborate to see what they think would be beneficial. Hmm. And Takesha, what do you do with your, I guess, your teens or younger children or just who come in and just tell you about some bullying that they may be experiencing in therapy? How do you process that? usually I just start, no matter who it is, um, just start off with what was the bullying like? Kind of tell me mm -hmm. that story. Mm -hmm. Then also tell me, like, I usually come at this one from like a narrative therapy approach as to like tell me the story or the mm -hmm. meaning that you have placed on that experience. And then we go into, okay, how was that story serving you in your life right now? What... Mm -hmm. How is it impacting your life right now? Um, so for adults, it would be, you know, their current romantic relationships, their jobs, their self-confidence, um, like fleeting, negative, self-talk all the time. Um, and I like to do that piece because I feel like it's important to see how it's playing out in your life right now. Because mm -hmm. so many times we can just process mm -hmm. what happened. We talk about the bullying and we leave it there or they feel like, you know, there is no work to be done there or that there's nothing wrong I'm just you know trying to push it down I don't need to go with that but mm -hmm. no I think we really need to see or explore if this mm -hmm. is still showing up in your life do you have do you have kids on your caseload who are currently experiencing bullying not really right now I do have kids who talk about how they experienced it in the past and that's kids are so mean um some about, oh, we were best friends. Mind you, they're peer groups. Mm -hmm. We were best friends. They were, this girl slept with my boyfriend. And the girl's like, what? I'm like a virgin. And so with that, we just process, one, what that experience was like. But also I have to go into conversations with most of the young ones. Because I feel like a lot of theirs happened with, people that they know or yes. people that they call friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I have to talk about like, how can you begin to recognize like what is a good friendship? What mm -hmm. is a healthy friendship? Because you're right now not choosing the right friends. Yeah. If you were around healthy people around friends that were wanting the best for you, it would <laughs> not shift this quick. Right. These people would not be starting these rumors about you or even telling you to go kill yourself. Mm. Yeah, their trust is also a big part that is affected in childhood bullying, the inability mm -hmm. to trust other people because of a situation yep. like that, mm -hmm. unable to build healthy relationships because everybody, I can't trust everybody mm -hmm. or everybody doesn't have my best interest at heart, which to some degree that's true, but not everybody. Right. You got to validate that experience. And yes, that happened. And yes, unfortunately, it kind of turned out that way. Right. We can't let that determine all of your relationships. Right. Yeah. What about right. you, Sadie? Um, I'm seeing a 17-year-old right now who 
Like, girls sometimes can be nasty in a way that really don't really make sense. And so she was saying that when I'm young, because when people come into therapy, the first thing you ask them is like, well, what's your social life? Especially teenagers, like, who are your mm-hmm. friends? I don't have any. Um, they're not talking to me anymore. Right. Um, and this particular kiddo was suicidal. That's why she came into therapy. I struggle with adolescence. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, mm-hmm. I struggle with adolescence, but I'm just working with her on trying to take her power back. And I make sure that the bullying is not still going on. Because if mm-hmm. so, then I have to have a conversation with her mom so she yep. can go advocate for her. We can't. I can't help her with something that's continually happening. Or giving right. her so much responsibility. Yeah, and so, but it's not going on. So I'm trying to help her take her power back. Mm-hmm. Um, so she... You know, grades are dropping, things are slipping, you know, don't want to play sports no more. Just like, kind of like going into this isolation and just letting, just trying to empower her to see like, okay, this thing has happened. What are you going to do to move forward and process it and make sure, you know, this don't have nothing to do with you. And that it more so says something about like the other people. Right. That's hard for people to to see that. No, they only blame themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and unfortunately you just have to teach people who are victims that they, they got to, like, be the bigger person in the situation in regards to, like, you know, you got to be the one to fix this because it happened to you, of course. Like, they they may yeah. not. What I'm trying to say is you have to teach people to, like, pull themselves up by the bootstraps and process and heal from something that nobody's going to apologize to you about. Right. And that's what's hard, especially to a 17-year-old. Yeah, absolutely. And so I find that to be very hard. But I personally think that every school should make it a part of their orientation to address bullying and having a zero mm-hmm. tolerance. They have zero tolerance for everything except bullying yeah, at these right. schools. I just, I don't understand. I'm we really don't take it serious. Baffled. We take nothing serious in this country. No, we don't. I'm really baffled, especially considering the increase in school mass shootings. And just mental health yes. in general. The bully project is something I had the opportunity to be a part of in regards when they first so this is something that came out in 2011 I, just, I forgot about all this and so I was working in 2013 in my first professional job and I was going to be working with like IDD adolescents and so they had this screen that they were showing the people called the bully project and it was actually very good and very heartbreaking at the same time but it was made so that we can show teachers and school staff and like parents and students like the history of bullying and the psychological effects that it have on people. Yeah. And so there are activists, but they're very, you don't really hear a lot about them. Right. Yeah. And so the particular spokesperson was a man who was bullied like his whole life throughout school. And he grew up and he, he basically started the bully project. Um, but I think it's going to have to start with uh, orientation. Like, this is, we have orientation in schools about stuff that we would not tolerate, but bullying is never on the top of that list. Right. Yeah. I think not. that's where it's going to have to start. I, I agree because that provides a support for the kid. Yes. It needs to happen. I, 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 it breaks my heart thinking about kids who are so isolated mm-hmm. in a space where they're really supposed to be there to learn and have fun generally. It's supposed to be a safe space. Yeah. No matter the differences. And that's what we're going to have to, you know, create in. I don't know. Now I'm feeling obligated to do something. I don't know. I mean, technically, I mean, you are doing it. I'm just saying, like, something needs to be talked about or pushed on the policy level for education. I think I read something a long time ago where they're trying to. I don't know if they've gotten to a point. I think they were kind of trying to debate if there should be, like, legal action as far as the kid. Yeah. The bully. I think it's there needs to be. It's psychological 
I think there needs to be some severe consequences. Oh, and the pair on people. Yeah. We've we've heard the stories of people, children committing suicide of being bullied. Hell yeah. So we can't keep on tiptoeing around this issue and we can't yeah. keep on saying, Oh, you know, kids are not tough anymore. You know, we can't say this is a part of life. This is that's just like saying abuse is a part of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can't basically normalize bullying as a rites of passage. Right. But it it doesn't say a lot to say that kids aren't tough anymore. So what you're implying is that a human being should be able to respond to that at every single level. That's not They're implying okay that humans should right, be able be okay to with it. take pain and suffering. No. As a rites of passage. I would never believe that. Me either. But, yeah, when it comes in the therapy room, I think the first thing I try to do is assess whether or not it's still going on. Right. Which is important. And sometimes it comes up and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let's talk about this. Because you brought it up in quite a few sessions. Now maybe it's time to process it. So. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for me in the therapy room is when people talk about how they were like... Because a lot of times we, we call you know childhood trauma childhood trauma but it's really being bullied by people in your family you're you being read my bullied mind. by people in your saying. family and my thing is just trying to you know get people to see like that is not normal that's right. not how life should be that's not how you should have to that's not you went through that but that doesn't mean that it's normal right people right. think that stuff is normal so they keep on accepting that type of behavior from other people mm-hmm. So as therapists, as parents, we got to do our part to have conversations and not be afraid to go there and ask people about bullying and assessing whether or not it's still going on. Mm-hmm. And assess if your child is a bully yeah, or an too. asshole. Do something about it. Right. Yeah. It Somebody just, out here doing the bullying. Everybody ain't getting bullied. This is true. Yeah. So let's love thyself and thy neighbor. For sure, and and you know having accountability and just having a growth mindset and not being defensive. If you are a parent and someone approaching you, nine times out of ten, if a parent is coming to you, they they just want to have a conversation about it. They don't want the children to handle it. Let's handle it as parents and see how we can get to the the root of this. Right. I I don't I don't like when parents because that that teaches something to the kid. You want to fight this parent because they come into you. Right. It makes no sense. I don't. Yeah. That that doesn't make any sense because it's. Like you said, the point of me, the adult speaking to the adult is to like that, that the mother that went up to the school, the black mom went up to the school and was in the classroom like, I will fight your aunts. <laughs> like I done told the teachers she shouldn't have talked to the kids like that. But the lady was fed up. Nobody was doing anything. She was like, have your moms talk to me because clearly they don't understand mm-hmm. this how serious this situation is. And she didn't even have to get to that point. It should and not. Have she to get looking to like point. she the problem because she's trying to protect her mm-hmm. child. Right. I've seen parents move kids out of schools yes. and school districts because they have told these people repeatedly yeah. that there is a problem and nothing is ever done about it. Yeah. Yeah, it happens a lot. There's been a lot going on, even with people going up and messing with people's locks and just all types of things happening. Just not okay. No. No. We can't get to a place to where our children are being, you know, treated like this and we're normalizing that this is a rites of passage. It's not. And and so the next phase of life when they're getting abused by their loved ones or, I mean, by their partners or something, Mm -hmm. we're going to say that's a rites of passage. No, we're teaching these people what to accept and that is not okay. Right. And I will forever have the unpopular opinion about all of that because I'm not going to ever normalize somebody getting abused as a rites of passage. Mm-hmm. That's never okay. Never okay at all. And it don't make you tough just because you're able to get bullied and not say nothing. Right. No. So, yeah, man, go love yourself and be open to having conversations about childhood bullying. Yep. Go love yourself. Go love yourself.
Hey guys, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Sisters in Therapy. That is S I S T A S in Therapy. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to our show on and give us a review. And as always, go love yourself.